what an incredible eight years here at Lake Point, and uh, what an honor to be a part of this church. It really is. Um, I, you know, I was thinking about throwback stories and, uh, this morning, and um, this, you know, those stories that you never hear about, and I remember our very first service we had eight years ago, we had a crowd of 300, almost 300 people in this room, and um, that was our launch, our launch service of 300, and uh, we were just excited about it, and uh, so excited that when we did the follow-up, and we had all of these uh, follow-up letters, and our cards, and our handwritten letters, with a $5 Starbucks card. We had 100 cards, and I was dropping them in the mailbox, you know, one of those little mailboxes outside of the post office. And when I was dropping the last one, I noticed that none of them had a stamp. <laughs> I was so excited about Sunday that we had $500 of cards in the mailbox, and it wasn't going nowhere. And so, I go into the post office, this was on Hall Road between, you know, Van Dyke and 53 on the north side of Hall Road. So I go in there and I say, hey, I, I messed up and I, I told him. And, and, you know, they didn't seem to care too much. <laughs> I said, I, I need you to care for just a minute. Because this is the follow-up of Sunday for next Sunday. I mean, I'm trying to, you know, I want people to know that we were glad that they came. And, uh, and so they said, well, we don't have the key to those outside mailboxes. You're going to have to wait for the mailman to come in, and then he comes inside, and he gets all of our mail, and then he takes it to the big distribution center somewhere in Pontiac. And I said, so what time is he going to come? He said, well, he comes any time between 3 o'clock and 5 o'clock. So guess what I did between 3 o'clock and 5 o'clock? I camped out next to that mailbox. You know, people probably thought it was weird, but I didn't care. I didn't care at all. And I sat there, and finally the guy showed up. And I, and I came to him. I said, I've got I've to beg you for something. And, and then it's against policy. I mean, we were like, no, we're not allowed to do that. I said, please, I beg you, please let me do this. You know, I've got there's, there's 100 envelopes with money in it with no stamps. And finally, he said, okay, you know, maybe I'll do it for you. And, and thankfully, he did. And, and none of them had stamps, and we had to take care of that. And that was a, a little throwback um, moment for me as I was thinking about it this morning. But, man, we've had some fun moments, fun journey, and it's been a ride, what God has done here. If you open your Bible and, um, to Mark chapter 2, you've got it on your handout notes inside of your program. We've been talking about miracles, miracles of Jesus. And, and I pray that you have just been experiencing the wonders of Jesus. Jesus is the miracle worker, and I pray that we would just learn to fall in awe of who he is, that we would just be blown away by Jesus. Because the same miracle-working God 2,000 years ago, he's still alive, he's still doing miracles, He's still changing lives. People's lives are turning upside down. He is still a miracle-working God. But today, as we celebrate eight years of Lake Point, I want us to be in awe of the one who is in charge. I want to look at Mark chapter 2, 
And we'll look at verse number one. The Bible says, a few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, it's a little, the little seaside village of the Sea of Galilee, the people heard that he had come home. So this is home base for Jesus. Jesus traveling around like an evangelist all over the Galilee and Nazarene area. He is a busy, busy man. And, and he comes home to home base, and people heard about it. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Jesus was in the house this morning. He was in the house back then. I pray that Jesus is in the house here today. Because when Jesus is in the house, people gravitate to Jesus. And Jesus was in the house, and people from all around gravitated to Jesus. Verse 3, some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it, and then lowered the mat the man was laying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. I want to continue on in the story in just a minute, but this morning what I want to do very quickly, I want us to recognize three main characters in the story, and I have three questions that I want you to ask yourself. Three questions Three characters in the story. And the very first character in the story is the paralyzed man. If you're taking notes, you can just write that down. The paralyzed man. As a paralyzed man, he stares at a bleak future. No neurosurgeons, no specialists, no hospitals, no physical therapists, no medical breakthrough on the horizon. There was no miracle drug. No miracle drugs in the medicine cabinet. His life, the paralyzed man, is a horizontal life. He had blank stairs at the ceiling, full of bed sores. He lies alone on a three-by-six-foot mat, day after day, week after week, month after monotonous month. Never able to get up in the stretch with the morning sunrise. Never able to socialize in the street. He's never able to step out for a casual breath of fresh air. He's never able to walk off some frustration. Never able to have a change of scenery without inconveniencing a handful of people. He has to rely on others for everything. For every bite of food. For every sip of water, for every time his bowel moves, or his bladder needs relief, somebody has to turn him and bathe him, clothe him. Dependency, humiliation, confinement, frustration, boredom, loneliness, shame despair, 
hopelessness. These are just some of the few words I think of when it comes to life on a three-by-six-foot map. The paralyzed man in this story is a picture of so many people that I know, so many people that you know. They may not be physically paralyzed, but they are paralyzed by sin. They are broken because of sin. The paralyzed man is a picture of a person who lives without Christ. They carry the baggage of regret, shame, bitterness, loneliness. They carry the baggage of frustration and hopelessness. There are people all around Macomb County and all around the world that are paralyzed. Their life is just existence. They have no purpose but they're looking for purpose. In Macomb County, there's 850,000 people, almost a million people, 85% of a million. 850,000 people that live in Macomb County. And it's estimated that less than 50,000 people are followers of Christ. Less than 50,000 people have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's about 5, 6% of our population in Macomb County alone have a relationship with Jesus. We have many paralyzed, broken people, spiritually speaking, all around us. And what the world needs is Christ. They need Jesus. And what the world needs are Christians to show Christ-like love that will point people to Christ. Not what just their words, but by their actions. We're to point people to Christ. And my question I want to ask of you this morning, the first question is this, who do I need to help this week? Who do I need to reach out this week? Who do I need to put on my radar and look out and see the paralyzed people in our lives? Who do I need to look and start praying for this week. Who are you reaching out? This week at Lake Point, we are doing a love week. In your program, there's a little flyer that looks like this, if you want to pull it out real quick. But this, sun, this whole week, we want to focus on loving on our people and a concentrated effort of our church family getting behind loving people in our community. This is just a small way of us doing it, and there's so much more that we can be doing. But we want to love on, love on our teachers. We have eight schools that we're going to 
And then we're going to take coffee and bagels. And we're taking it to them. We're going to invite them to church. We've got invite cards. We're just going to love on them and say, thank you for serving our kids, loving on our kids. That's happening this week. By the way, we still need more help. On Wednesday morning, we need two more people to take coffee and bagels. And if you're interested, please see us after the service. We have an outreach table. Come see us. We'll get you signed up. But we need two more people to help us deliver coffee and bagels. We have, on the back of it, it says we want to love on our community servants. It says love on people, our, our, our police officers, our firefighters, first responders. We want to love on them. And this Tuesday at 10 o'clock, we're going to deliver. We need some food. Some of you, some of you say, hey, I can't deliver, but I can bake. We need you to come and bring some baked goods. And it, maybe you say, hey, I like to deliver. I'm a bad, I'm a bad cook, but I can deliver. And you can come at 10 o'clock and help us assemble it, and then we're going to take it to key areas in our community. I just want to show them that we care, and we appreciate what they're doing. And just show them a little love and appreciation. That this, that this Tuesday morning at the office, 10 o'clock. On Wednesday night, we want to love on those caught in human trafficking, which is an epidemic all around the world. And it's an epidemic, by the way, in our own backyard. It's happening around here. And we got to start believing it. We said, oh, man, not in a perfect little suburb. It's happening. It's happening. And we got to stop ignoring it and start reaching out to people who've been hurt by this, and start loving on people that have been destroyed by this, and know that there is hope in Jesus Christ. And so on Wednesday night, we're going to have an awareness meeting, and then we're going to uh, build some stuff together, some packages, some care kits. We're going to teach people how, you know, how we could be aware of what's going on and looking for the signs, and that's happening this Wednesday night, 7 o'clock here at the school library. And invite all the ladies to be a part of that event. We'll have dessert and we'll have some coffee. It'll be a, a, a good evening for you to be a part of it. Then, men, we just want to love on our missionaries. We've got four missionaries that we're going to be hanging out with. Just want to let them know that we care. And we're going to go play bowling, which is like football and bowling combined. Uh, if you've never done it, I know it sounds weird, but it's really cool, fun. We're doing that this Thursday night. And if you're interested, come by and see us. Sign up on the back of your connection card or see Danny DeBerner at the outreach table. You've got questions about the free human trafficking event, come see Sue Hodnett at the outreach table. If you want to get more connected with fake goods, see Alina after the service by the outreach table. I want you to get connected so that we can love on people. The world is dying for a little love. And we've got the love of Christ, and we are to share the love of Christ. And at Lake Point Church, one of our core values is that we value love. People matter. Why, do they, why does people matter? Because they matter to Jesus. And if it matters to Jesus, they should matter to us. This past year, we have been able to minister and to show love in so many different ways. 
You saw some of it in the video. Well, we help about 25-plus families every month through our food pantry. We serve moms at the annual Tons of Trucks event every June. We minister to the family of Tara Grant at their annual 5K run. The past year when we served, we've been doing it for eight years. It's one of our very first community events. And Tara Grant, if you remember, Tara Grant made national news when she was murdered by her husband in, 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 uh, in Shelby Township. And, uh, and her parents, they come to the race every year. This past September, or October, when we did the race, the mom and dad of Tara Grant and the, and, the, and the sisters that came up to our table, I said, you know what, Lake Point Church? We follow you on Facebook. And we thank you for your love that you show us every year. We thank you for your generosity. We thank you that you care. It means so much to our family. Thank you. And they live in Ohio. And they're watching on Facebook Live from time to time. That's the impact that we're doing. We're connecting with families that are hurting. We, feed, we fed over 1,200 people at Thanksgiving dinner this past year. Think about that. 1,200 people had a Thanksgiving dinner because of your generosity. We gave away over $50,000 this past year alone to mission causes all around the world. Our church has experienced growth of 250 in weekly attendance this past year. We celebrate 71 people who took a next step in making Jesus Christ their personal Savior. We celebrate that. We celebrate 24 people who took a step in following Christ in believers' baptism. We are celebrating that. We celebrate what God is doing. There are churches that are bigger than us. So when you ask about how many people that they've led, their church have led to the Christ, and how many baptisms that they've had this past year, they will tell you they have zero. And I think that's a sad commentary of American churches. When we start losing our eyes on people, that people matter, that there are broken people, because the church don't, we don't exist for us. The church, we exist for a lost and dying world. Van Tavner, he always said this. Van Tavner, by the way, it's a, it was Billy Graham mentor. And I love Van Tavner. He said, the church that don't evangelize will fossilize. And I believe that. That's why it's so important that we're reaching people with the gospel of Jesus Christ, that we never lose our purpose of the paralyzed man, of the paralyzed woman who is broken, who needs Jesus, and they're all around us. And we can show love and compassion to people all around us. We say about numbers. And I've said about numbers, I've said it before, I'll say it again today, that every number has a name, every name has a story, every story matters to God. We value love. 
broken people everywhere, desperate for the love of God. Here's the second characters of the, of the story, if you're taking notes. It's the four friends. The four friends. One day, Jesus is back home. He's in the neighborhood. And a paralyzed man may not have many functions, but he has one thing that I don't have. He could hear. I, I'm deaf. I might not hear that Jesus in the, in the neighborhood, but he heard that Jesus was around. And so he heard about Jesus. He knew about Jesus. He heard about his miracle working power. He began to hear hope. So he reached out to his buddies. The buddies showed up at his house. And they each grabbed a corner of his three-foot by six-foot mat. And they carried him to the house where Jesus was. The problem, they couldn't get to Jesus because there was a wall of people, shoulder to shoulder, crowding. Nobody would let them through. Nobody would let them through. And so no matter how hard these guys tried to get their friend to Jesus, they would not be denied. They say, you know what? We got to get creative. We got to get innovative. We got to think outside the box here. And one of them noticed a stair, a staircase, an outside staircase that led to the roof of their house. And they thought, that's what we're doing. We're taking our friend and we're going to climb those steps to the roof. And so, and so these four friends, their enthusiasm mounts. It grows with every step that they climb. And then when they reach the top, I mean, their hearts are pounding. Their hearts are pounding, and, and, and they lay their friend down, they survey the roof, they pinpoint where they think Jesus is, and they start to remove the clay tile and then burrowing through somebody's roof. By the way, they didn't have home insurance back then, okay? I mean, they're digging through somebody's roof. And the crowd below the roof, you know, under the roof, they start hearing a scratching sound. Now, at first, they probably think the owner of the tile have a rodent problem. All right? Now, when we live in Florida, we, we, had, we had, you know, mouse, rat puppies, okay? Rat puppies, I call them, all right? And I don't know if we had them in our house, but we had mouse. We all have them, right? And you all hear that scratching sound? You're sleeping in the middle of the night, and, you know. Now, the cool thing is, I don't hear that. So my wife, she beats me up and says, hey, I hear something. I said, I don't care. I'm sleeping. Leave me alone. I said, I think I hear a mouse. I said, we don't have a mouse problem. Oh, I hear scratching. We have a mouse problem. Oh, well, we'll figure it out later. Right? Well, I'm sure that's what these guys are hearing. They're, they're hearing this. I said, oh, man, what's going on? And all of a sudden, the debris starts falling on top of them and, and dust everywhere, and they back up. The people around them start backing up. And before you know it, their eyes are looking up and they see some sunbeams coming through the roof. And they see through the roof a tangle 
a worm of fingers crawling through that roof. They start breaking that hole and making it bigger and bigger. They got to make it big enough for a man to come through. A lot of people looking up and they see that they see the four faces looking in the hole looking for Jesus. And then they see a man being lowered on a mat. And I'm sure some of those men on the, on the bottom in the roof, you know, they grab that man and help him and they lay him flat in front of Jesus. But the Bible said that Jesus' eyes were fixed on the foreheads, circling the hole in the ceiling. Notice what Mark says in verse number 5. When Jesus saw their faith, not his faith, they saw their faith. He said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. Jesus saw their faith. By the way, there's no record that they said anything. So it wasn't what Jesus heard that captured his heart. It's what he saw. He saw faith on display. He saw faith in action. What Jesus saw was four sweaty men willing to put a shoulder to their faith. Jesus saw four sets of hands, great hands, willing to dig through any obstacle. Jesus saw four dirty faces hungering for a miracle. These men have dared what no adult with any sense of etiquette would have ever done. They have torn up somebody's property, interrupted a church service, and inconvenience all the people who are listening to the message. But they didn't care. I love that. The four things real quick about these four men. Number one, if you're taking notes, they were convinced. They were absolutely convinced that Jesus could heal their friend. They believed in it so much that they didn't care what they had to do to get this man to Jesus. By the way, that's where it begins for you and for me. Do you and I really believe that Jesus can save our sin-sick friends and family members? Are we convinced that even the worst of the worst can be forgiven and healed? Are you convinced? Do you really believe that Jesus died for everybody. The up and the out, the down and the out. Do you believe that Jesus died for everyone? Our mission statement at Lake Point is to reach people. That means we want to evangelize. We want to reach people to become engaged disciples of Jesus Christ. These men were convinced. They were so convinced of their mission, nothing was going to stop them. Here's what I believe. If we're not convinced of our mission at Lake Point Church, 
And if we're not convinced that we have to reach people, then we might as well close up shop. It's been a great eight years, but we're done. Because when we lose sight of the mission, then we just become a social gathering that has no real purpose. But we have to stay convinced. We have to believe why we're here, that we have a mission, and that mission to reach people. Late Point Church, I believe, our best days are still ahead of us as long as we are reaching people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. These men were convinced. They were cooperative. They were willing to work together to see their friends healed. They were all in on it. They, they needed four people to carry the mat. Can you imagine if one said, hey, I got to go? That man would have fallen off the mat. They were cooperative, cooperative. They were going to work together. They were, number three, concerned. They were concerned. They canceled everything they had going on, everything they had to get this man to Jesus. It took time to meet together. It took time to put together a plan. It took time to carry that man up the road to that crowded house. It took time to work on that roof. It took time to get that man into the presence of Jesus. By the way, ministry does never, ministry gets done, doesn't get done on spare time and pocket change. It takes people who are really concerned and say, you know what, I want to go for it. I want to be a part of something that God is doing. God requires all of us to get on board and say, I want to be a part of something that's bigger than me. I want to be a part of the mission of Jesus Christ. And fourth of all, these guys were committed. They were committed. There were all these obstacles in the way, but nothing stopped these guys from doing whatever it took to get their friends to Jesus. Here's the question for you. What do I need to do rather than say? Jesus saw their faith. What do I need to do rather than say? The world needs to hear less and then to see more. We could talk a good talk, but can we walk what we talk? Third John chapter 1 verse 4, the apostle John was very excited to see Christians walking in the truth. He said, I'm so excited I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking not just talking, but walking in the truth. I pray that you'll get part of it, be part of that, of the, of the solution of reaching people. I challenge you to get up and be involved. So many of you are. I celebrate 100 plus volunteers at Lake Point. We thank you for that. We thank you for what you're doing. But there are others here that are waiting to do something. I pray that you'll step up and say, no, I'm going to be a part of it. I want to start doing something. By the way, for Easter, we need more help. We need more help in LP kids. Easter and spring break did not do me any service this year. So many of you, you know, out of town, and that's fine. You know, spring break, and you're headed out of town for a week. But create some holes in our LP kids ministries. And we need some people to say, you know what, I serve in one and worship in the other. We have two services on Easter. 
And on the back of your connection card, there's a place for you to say, hey, I want to be a part of it. I want to help us reach our community. Reach our community for Christ. We must remember that the church don't exist for you and for me. The church exists for the world because Jesus Christ died on the cross for the church so that we can do whatever it takes to reach people. And here's the third character, and we're done. It's Jesus. Mark chapter 2, verse 11 and 12. He tells the paralyzed man, get up. Take your mat. Go home. In verse 12, man, what a sight to behold. But that paralyzed man who's never walked a step in his life got up. He took his mat and walked out in full view of them all. Can you imagine? Have you ever seen a top? Have you ever seen a baby walk for the first time? Like a drunk, a drunk Frankenstein. That's what it looks like, right? You know, they're just wobbling around. Can you imagine this paralyzed man getting up for the very first time? <laughs> it was pretty crazy, but he was walking. He needed some physical therapy. He was going to be all right. But he was walking. Jesus showed up, and he showed out. Here's the question for you. Who gets all the glory? Who gets all the credit in your life? Who gets the credit for what God is doing? I pray here we never lose sight that it's not about us. It's all about Jesus. I say this from time to time, that Lake Point Church is an imperfect church with imperfect people, led by imperfect pastors. Can we hear an amen? Worshiping. Worshiping a perfect Savior. We celebrate what Jesus is doing. He gets the credit. He gets the glory. This is his church. In just a few minutes, we're going to see how God moved in that campaign. God did it. God was faithful. God spoke to your heart. God challenged you to take steps of faith. Remember why we exist. Together, like the four friends, we work together to reach the paralyzed, the broken, the lost, so that we can help him or her to know Jesus for the glory of God. Jesus shows up, and he shows out how he's amazing he is. Today, we celebrate the goodness and faithfulness of God. Today, we celebrate what God has done here at Lake Point, not just from this past year, but in this past five months. We celebrate. Because he's the one, at the end of the day, that gets all the glory and all the credit. We're going to celebrate in a few minutes. We're going to be thankful for who he is. I pray we never lose sight of the one who's in charge. I pray we always keep our focus, our eyes, on Jesus. When Jesus is in the house, he's doing something. I pray we recognize that Jesus is in the house and he's changing lives. People's lives are being turned upside down for the glory of Jesus Christ. Here in just a minute, we're going to see a video. And after the video, we're going to do a time of worship. And then at the end of our worship time, we're going to make the announcement of the grand total of our capital campaign that we had this past year. About two years ago, I began to start 
looking for what not. Start dreaming about what not's for Lakepoint Church. And uh, I began to pray and to seek God for wisdom and to show us what that is. Started driving around looking for land and buildings. Just looking for what God has for us. And every time I see something, I, I just didn't hear anything from God. I see a great potential building and prayed about it. And God was silent. And, um, and then we stumbled upon this 21 acres of land. And I thought this would be a great location to buy. And it was a good price. We talked about it with the church and prayed about it. And again, God was silent, nothing. We ended up walking away and learning that we needed to do something else. And we started to hear from God that we need to start raising money for that, whatever next step is that God had for us. And so on the seventh year anniversary of our service, I announced at church here that we would have a goal to raise $300,000 in one year. I, I have a goal. Hey, we have a goal this year, you know, in the next 12 months to raise $300,000. Right now, we're about $45,000 $45, that we have in the campus development uh, fund. At $45,000. I truly believe that God can help us get ready for land. He demands God, that's crazy. I know. I've seen God the past seven years, what he's done. And because I've seen what God has done the past seven years, my faith has got stronger in God. Crazy announcement. One year, $300,000. After the service, many of you were excited about it. I was excited. And somebody wrote a check for $12,000. And uh, I thought, man, God, this is going to happen. And then all of a sudden, it, we lost enthusiasm. Money really didn't come in really fast. We weren't making any progress. And so through the summertime, I'm like, oh, man, we're halfway into the year of our goal, and we're not even close to the $300,000. God led us to do the capital campaign in the fall of 2017 called Towards Tomorrow. And in that campaign, we put it out there, hey, we are going to have a time at the end of our campaign where you're going to commit to giving to the campaign for tomorrow. And at the end of that campaign, on the final Sunday, we had on that Sunday morning, so many of you came forward and, and put bricks up. If you remember the bricks, and we put those bricks up believing that God was going to build his church. And, and then we had that Sunday night, we, we made a commitment to give towards this building. And remember, we didn't have a building blueprint. We didn't have property show. We didn't have a rendering. All we presented in that campaign was a dream. We didn't know how God was going to do it, but we just presented a dream. And so many of you on that Sunday night stepped out on faith and committed 300, 352 thousand dollars but it exceeded the goal that has set on our seven year anniversary and we were going to raise three hundred and fifty two thousand dollars by our eight year anniversary and i was blown away blown away about what god was trying to do in our church and our church was decided about what god had for us and since then so many of you are getting into it so many of you have given already and i can't wait to share with you what God has done 
through your generosity. So here we are one year later. One year later, once again, on our eighth year anniversary service. I can't wait to share with you what God had for us and what we have done so far. And at the end of the day, it's not about us, not about you. It's all about God. It's all about His glory. As we reach people who, who's far from God, that they can become disciples of Jesus Christ. And I believe our best days are ahead of us. So this is just the beginning, this amount. We're still looking for land. We're still looking for building. God hasn't quite opened that door yet. But we have a great head start to what God has for us. And we're ready for a move of God. So that when he calls us to a place or location, we don't have to scrounge for anything. God has provided already through your generosity. And so we're thankful for your faithfulness. Thank you. However you gave. Some of you gave, you sacrificed. You sacrificed you. And from the bottom of my heart, thank you. And so the amount today, my wife and I can stand here, and uh, Dave Giancola is our campaign uh, leader, and I asked Dave that, and that if you could have the honor, I gave him the honor, to announce the total here know what it is. this morning. Right. Here it is, folks. CMA Award. We have $354,449.89. Wow. wow. Praise God. Wow. Happy anniversary, Lake Point. many of us would step out in faith and together we accomplish something that only you could do through us and so God we thank you and this is the first step and we look forward to the days and the months and the years ahead of us as we remember why we exist we exist for the broken and together as a church, we are mobilized by the Holy Spirit that is within us to make an impact, not just in this community, but in all of Detroit and all around the world. And so, God, I pray that we would never lose sight of the mission, that we do whatever it takes, short of sin, we do whatever it takes to reach people, we are far from you so that they can have a relationship with you. And so God, we love you. We thank you. We thank you for your faithfulness today. In your name I pray. Amen. Real quick, if you're a first-time guest, thank you for coming today. And uh, please, let's not pop balloons. Some of us are very sensitive to the sound, so we will take care of it. Some of you already got your nice, ready to pop. Let's just hold on 
We'll take care of it. Many people uh, can leave. If you're first time guest, I'd love to meet you. We've got a table out there and I'd like to meet you. We've got a free gift to give to you and to thank you for coming. And hey, the journey continues. We're not done. The journey continues. I pray that you be a part of it. Continue to be faithful in any way you can. God bless you guys. Have a great week.